coming to you from yeah, fucking it up already. <laughs> <laughs> Coming to you from Beer Snob City, it's everyone's favorite stumbling drunk podcast, Beer Plus Three, where we try to solve the world's problems one beer at a time. <laughs> With me today is Brandon Longwell. It, it's me. Yeah. It, none, none other. <laughs> just Brandon Longwell. Yeah. There's no, there's no uh, Jeff type smart alecky, you know, <laughs> description. It's just you. <laughs> <laughs> just me. I can't do that. So, um, yeah, um, uh, what is, I always uh, try to get in the date, so it is, <laughs> I mean, look at the date. It is November 4th, 2016. <laughs> <laughs> and, and joining me is um, Richard the Rick Anderson. <laughs> I don't know. I'm no better at it either. I, I got no. <laughs> if, I would hope my nickname is not The Rick if my real the name is Richard. <laughs> the, the, the Rick. <laughs> I, I I remember seeing a television show, and I can't remember what it was called, where there was a character in it named The Todd. It wasn't just Todd. It the was Todd. The Todd. <laughs> and there's absolutely no likeness, but the Todd was a complete cock holster. Like, he was like that guy that's like, every time he sees you or says something that he thinks is clever, yeah. he's like, give me five, a pie. Oh, you know, he's like high-fiving no. everyone. Oh, and, those people. Mm-hmm, yeah. yeah. It's, it's an archetype of someone that I think we probably both went to high school at some I, point. I think I went to high school with a few of them. Yeah. They're probably related. <laughs> like One's like an older brother or an uncle. <laughs> Have you ever wondered, I don't know what you were like in high school, but did you ever, I, I often wonder what happened to like all the people who were really popular in high school, because I was never, I never hung out with any of them. I don't know what ever happened to any of them. Uh-huh. It's like all the people who were just like, who were like viewed as the best students and the you know the greatest people in high school, and I always find that kind of funny because as you you know as you get out of high school and you find out you know the rest of the world doesn't give a shit what you were like in high school, uh-huh. and um, I always wonder what that's like like psychologically for someone to come out of high school where this little this little microcosm of the world this little fishbowl where they get to be like the the king shit, uh-huh. and then out into the real world where we don't. I don't give a shit who you what you did in the at prom or I don't care about that <laughs> cool thing that you did that everybody was talking about for a week or the teachers that loved you. It's like all of a sudden nobody cares. Yeah. It's nothing. Uh, apparently that's what Facebook is for <laughs> to be able to find <laughs> who, who are I've these never, people. I never thought to do that. I should uh, they, track down some and just see what see what yeah. became of them. When when I when I got on Facebook, uh I I guess it was a it was a number of years back. I want to say it was like 6 or 7 years ago. Yeah. I I I got on Facebook uh, because there was a girl. Anyway, there's that, a girl that, on that's, Facebook. That's not, that's not that's not the crux of the story. But what is what was the? So I got on Facebook and I Facebook was like, "Hey, do you know this person?" And I was like, "I do know this person. Yeah, I haven't seen this person in years. I'll friend that person, sure." Right, and that was the typhoid Mary that started this like chain of like just hundreds of people like getting a hold of me from high school like people oh. that I like recognized their face but I never said 10 words to them in high school but they're like you want to be my friend and I was like oh now that weird okay that's weird but I didn't actually ever like try to 
try to rekindle some non-existent friendship with them or anything. It was like, right. oh, so that's where you are. I see you're very proud of your two children or um, your sweet BMW or, um, <laughs> you know, the vacation that you took to Hawaii over Christmas. Yeah. Uh, you know, nothing really substantive necessarily, but right. uh, I, it it has been interesting living now in the same town that I went to high school in. It's yeah. not a not not a point of pride for me, but from time to time I do encounter some of those people. And yeah. it's it's interesting. Uh there were there's been an there have been a number of people that um I've uh encountered uh since then and I'll see them and either it's one of those like, oh I recognize that person. I hope they don't recognize me <laughs> or you see them give you that look and you're like, you know what, I'll spare you the awkward interaction. I'll just pretend that I didn't see you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, obviously, I was not one of the most popular kids in high school. But, yeah. Well, I wasn't uh, either. You know, it's interesting. <laughs> uh, I I have actually done business, being in construction, mm-hmm. uh, I have actually uh, ha- almost hired or hired a couple of subcontractors who were um, uh, classmates that I never knew in high school. Most of them oh, turned it, were, were jocks in high school yeah. or, uh, you know, were in the, you know, bodybuilding always in the gym yeah. and, uh, went on to become carpenters or, um, concrete guys. Yeah. And, uh, I hired a couple of them and it never turned out well. <laughs> <laughs> I had one guy actually throw a tantrum in our office because I, after he had done work for us, he didn't want to, do all of the paperwork that we have all of our subcontractors do Yeah, because he didn't want to sign anything. And it was just very, um, very basic kind of stuff. Like, uh, you know, um, taking care of like insurance showing that you have yeah. a, a bond, an insurance bond to cover you in the case that you do something that's faulty or something when, fails. When the word contract is in the term that describes your position <laughs> in a, in a, in a business arrangement, I would assume there's going to be some signing of right. documents there. Right. That's a weird attitude for, for uh, that's bizarre. I, and you know, so did he just want it all under the table type of thing, or precisely? Yeah, M- maybe because he thought that um, I, he he had he knew who I was at some point previously in our oh, lives. So but just... I but I had made it very clear to him up front before he ever did the work. I'm interested in you know doing this completely legitimately. We don't do work yeah. with subcontractors under the table. It's too much liability for you, and it's too mm-hmm. much liability for us. But yeah, I uh, I think that there are just some people that. Uh, get real punchy when someone expects them to sign a piece of paper. Yeah, uh, and <laughs> I, I don't know quite why that is. Uh, it's pretty common in our society, but anyway, yeah, uh, that's that's kind of bizarre. D- so, but. do you have you ever gone back to your hometown? And I've I've gone back, and I've 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 had that same situation of seeing somebody that I knew, you know, I recognized, and um, but I was. I was not just not popular. I was generally hated. And so I was one of those kind of kids. And so a lot of people, I don't have that situation of people seeing me and having that moment of uh, I'll do you the favor or, you know, they see me and I, and I think they might, if they recognize me, probably do the same thing to me. So it'll be just like a a moment. I'm, I'm spared at least the awkwardness of that. Um, I, yeah, it's, it's weird. I don't, I haven't seen a lot of, you know, I haven't run into a lot of people. I know that a lot of people, you know, moved away because right. uh, you kind of have to uh, from a town that's that size. But um, yeah, I, it's it's weird. I've I've had a few people from high school 
friend me on Facebook, um, which was a surprise. You know, it's like I, I kind of like, when you're when you're one of those kind of people that's like generally hated by most, you know, like ninety nine percent of everybody in your class. You sort of attribute that mentality to everybody. And then it's like it's like later on in life, I've I've had the realization that gosh, there was actually a few people who didn't hate me that I assumed they did, you know. And so I've I've got I do have people like occasionally friend me on Facebook and was like, oh yeah, I remember you. You were like the computer guy, and it's like, okay, yeah, yeah. I, I guess I am. I prefer yeah. I prefer the title the demagogue of Aberdeen. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, no. I, I tried to stay away from uh, those kind of titles. They they didn't endear you to people. So, um, but yeah, it's it's funny. I I think uh, when you're in high school in that situation, it's easy to to take the, you know what. You know, if you have a group of people who just outrightly despise you, it's. I think it's really easy to assume that everybody else does too. You know, other than your small group of friends or whatever. So, I guess I was able to uh, at least um, uh, the the most I could expect out of everyone is a relatively indifferent opinion of me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's that weird kid with the ponytail. Yeah. <laughs> well, you were what? What year were you in high school? Um, ninety four to ninety eight. Okay, so you weren't too far after me. Um, well, yeah, yeah, you <laughs> but you were still in that time period when, like, for for example, me. If you were seen with D and D books or anything like that, you were a target. I mean, you get mm-hmm. your ass kicked. Oh yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, I had people threaten me. You know, I had one guy turn around once. I had um, Arthur C. Clarke's two thousand one sitting on my desk with my books, and he picks it up and he goes, "What do you read this shit for?" Oh, Slams cool. it. I was like, "Okay." Uh, <laughs> Apparently, because I want people to pick on me. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, uh, it, it, it's funny. Back in high school, um, I, the the code that uh, me and a couple of my friends used on occasion was: uh, um, Have you have you read any books by uh, the author uh, Gary Gygax? Yeah. <laughs> have you ever read Gary Gygax before? And it, you know, yeah. so uh, most of the time, you know, 95% of the time, Gary Gygax, no, I haven't heard of him. Uh, what's he written? Oh, uh, I don't know. I, you just, wouldn't be interested yeah, then. If you haven't heard of him, you probably wouldn't be interested in him. <laughs> but every once in a while, there's the immediate gleam in the eye. Yeah. And it's like, oh, yeah. yes. We yeah, I, I always kept that kind of stuff really quiet because you could really, you could, you know, there are people who just had this weird hostility toward anybody who was into that kind of thing. Right, you know, and that's why you know when people nowadays they call, them, oh, I'm such a geek. You know, young people, not to pick on younger people, but they'll talk about, I'm such a geek, and that's so unfashionable. It's like, no, you don't, you have no idea. <laughs> you don't know what you're. I, okay, fine, sure, that's unfashionable, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> but it's it's not. You don't know what it's like to have someone actually threaten you physically because they see, you know, you've got like a like computer discs. That was another thing I had to keep hidden. Uh huh. Like the little floppy discs. I found out I had to keep those under wraps because people would target you for that. Yeah, it's like I don't. Well, I'm sorry. It's they're computer discs. I don't know what it is. It's offending your religion <laughs> about this, but but God. bullying is entirely different. But yeah. bullies used to be able to get away with so much more back then before they discovered they could yeah. just follow their father's gun and go and shoot everyone. <laughs> okay, I thought you were going to go on the on the, and saying it's gotten better, and now you went that direction. So, so uh, well, spe- you really have to watch yourself as a bully these days. Yeah, you do. You know, ever since Columbine, I mean, you don't know who you're picking on. Well, there seems to be a different, and maybe it's because we live in, in Bellingham. Bellingham, I always feel like it's like one of those places that Patton Oswald describes as a little bubble of sanity, uh. you know, in a, in, a, in a landscape of shit. And uh, it's it's like, I, I always try to to consider whether or not it's just the way things are here but man teachers in the in the school system here are 
very sensitive to any kind of signs of anything like that going on. And if there's any complaints about it or, I mean, they take it dead seriously. Like I, you know, if I, if I was getting bullied, you know, you might actually run into teachers that would look at you and go, well, just don't be a big pussy about it. You know, it would, there was yeah. literally people mm-hmm. who had that kind of attitude of, well, you know, if you weren't, you know, don't be a pussy about it and they won't pick on you. Yeah. Buck up, buttercup. <laughs> yeah. Literally. <laughs> it's like, no, I don't actually think that's going to deter them because yeah. he's twice the size of me. And right. so that's, I don't think that's going to work. <laughs> he's not going to suddenly be impressed with my attitude. Yep. Uh, when I, I mean, even when I was going to school in the Bellingham public school system, yeah. uh, the, um, the, the, the land, the, the social landscape uh, was uh, fairly flat. Yeah. You know, everyone was kind of, granted, I went to a high school that was a little bit more, you know, um, doctors and lawyers, kids. And so, right. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it was everyone was afraid of, you know, pissing someone off and their dad would sue, you know, your mom sort of a thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't piss off anyone in school, especially not that Anderson kid. <laughs> His dad's a high powered lawyer. <laughs> Screw with me and my dad's going to misdiagnose your dad <laughs> for a visit. <laughs> Ooh, it gets really tough out there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's dirty. Yeah. <laughs> Next time your dad goes in for a prostate exam, it's going to turn into a colonoscopy. <laughs> <laughs> How far up is the prostate anyway? <laughs> <laughs> Keep going. We haven't hit the intestines yet. Uh, it's up near your throat. <laughs> Why did we Can have you... to go in this way then? <laughs> <laughs> Can you taste it? We're not far enough. <laughs> Speaking of tasting, yes. Uh, so this beer, yeah. um, this is a, um, a, a fusion of. Two of my favorite things. Um, <laughs> ben and Jerry? Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> I love Ben and Jerry's ice cream. Now, this is um, a New Belgian's collaboration with Ben and Jerry's. Yeah. The chocolate chip cookie dough ale. Which I'm having a, uh, this was one of, you know, we were talking before the podcast. I wasn't, you know, this was a very uncertain, like, I thought it was going to be more of a, we drink it, we, you know, scowl, yeah. make a bunch of mean jokes about it, and then move on. But I'm... <laughs> I'm having kind of a weird like I I don't hate it, um, but it's it's got an odd taste to it. It has a um, I'm picking up a chocolatey taste, and you said you're picking I, up. I, I'm picking up more of the vanilla notes, but yeah. it, it's a, certainly a very misleading beer. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, you're thinking chocolate chip cookie dough ale. You're gonna get a lot. Of, you're expecting a lot of like roasted barley. You know, chocolate malt. Like it's gonna be like so dark you can't see the sunlight through it. But no, this is a <laughs> Piss yellow beer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right about that. I would have. I would. Uh, I was picturing it that way too. I didn't like even arrogant. Think about it. Arrogant bastard would be calling this, you know, piss yellow wussy beer. Yeah, I think is on the back <laughs> of one of their bottles. Well, it's got a six percent alcohol, which is um, I guess that's a. Uh, I guess that puts it into a serious beer territory. <laughs> oh my god! And did you see this right it's, underneath the government warning where it talks about Surgeon General's, uh, you know, alcoholic beverages, pregnant women, you know, consumption of beverages, driving cars says does not contain actual cookie dough. <laughs> well, <laughs> now that would have been an interesting beer where they just took little chunks of cookie dough, like a bl- like a beer uh-huh. blizzard, you know, and just threw it all in there, and you had to shake it up and pour it. <laughs> yeah, how'd that work out? I wonder. 
Shaking your beer before pouring it? <laughs> You'd end up with a Rick Bourne. <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> you know, uh, that that last, uh, this uh, this beer discussion right now uh, really highlights the fact that we are currently doing a two-person podcast with the one person on the podcast who has consistently shown that he knows a lot about beer, down to some very <laughs> esoteric knowledge about it, and with the person who knows almost nothing about beer. <laughs> <laughs> it just occurred to me. It's like this is like um you know, it's like your typical comments or something like uh you know, oh this this beer I can tell that they uh the the hops were uh were were uh you know, they were they were grown in a very dry environment. <laughs> okay. They were and they were and they were soaked in a in a tub for 30 hours. It's got that certain flavor that yeah. that brings out. Oh, oh that finish. <laughs> I can yeah. tell that the brewmeister rubbed the dried Hops on his balls before he, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm, I, you know, I'm over here. With the, I like the color. <laughs> the color's pretty. It's kind of a nice color. It reminds me of spring. It's pretty. <laughs> yeah. No, this is uh, this is weird. I'm, I'm honestly, I'm not even sure how to rate it. Um, I want to give it a two because I don't think it's, a, I don't think it's great. Yeah. But I don't think it's nearly as bad as I was expecting it to be. Yeah. I think it's drinkable. It, it doesn't. For me, it doesn't deliver on what I, I guess my preconception, what I wanted it to be. Yeah. So I'm kind of in the two range. Did you, what did you want it to be? What did you expect it to be? Well, you know, something chewable. Yeah. I wanted something that like, I, I, like I was picking the chocolate chips out of my teeth. It's, (laughs) it's chocolate chip cookie dough. (laughs) Yeah, I don't, I really don't think that would go over well. I really don't. I I think, uh, you know, just an approximation on the, on the flavor is probably good, but yeah, that is weird. It just, it does say on the side that it's just, uh, chocolate and vanilla. So it's, um, so where are they getting the cookie dough part of that out of this? I'm not getting it. Yeah. I'm really not getting it. If if you had handed this to me, I wouldn't have guessed chocolate chip cookie dough. I might No, and that's the thing. Like it, it really, you, when you see Ben and Jerry's, like there's so much preconception there for me anyway. Cause yeah. Ben and Jerry's, I mean, it's like nationally distributed, uh, somewhat of a standard among ice creams. I mean, right. you know, you get some <laughs> of the, the micro creameries. Is there some parallel between breweries and ice cream? Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, probably. <laughs> Except in the case of ice cream, the micro creamery that sounds gross i'm not saying that um, <laughs> is it any better than a macro cream I, I don't know i don't want to know either i have no idea what the difference is i don't go to those kind of websites um and, uh, but the uh yeah i mean you know ben and jerry's started off you know as a tiny now they're 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 probably dominant you know the dominant ice cream so that that again sounds the, the language trying to talk about ice cream and using the term dominant sounds ridiculous. How, how far does the parallel go? Is it like, do you think like um, uh, Hagen Dazs has like tried to buy them out a half a dozen times? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> or Hagen Dazs doesn't even exist anymore. They were well, brought out by, bought out by In Cream. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I, um, I guess, I guess if you wanted to parallel the beer market to the ice cream market, it would be like the local ice cream shops that are like a. Right. Like what we have here in yeah, a couple a, in town. There's a Woodby Island ice creamer. Yeah, and there's yeah, an yeah. Acme ice creamer, yeah. you know. I wonder if there's people out there who got who are really snobby about their ice cream like I would never buy the uh, <laughs> stuff out of the out of the supermarket cooler. They, they they don't fill their pints all the way to the top. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> it's interesting, though, that they're both served in pints. Right. Can I get a pint of beer? Can I get a pint of ice cream? This is starting to creep me out a little uh, bit. I'm starting to feel like a little bit of a... Um, like maybe Art Bell should talk about this on his show, on his radio show. You know, I should like there's parallels, and for some reason nobody's ever noticed it. <laughs> you know, until I put the tin foil over my head to block out the the feedback and the <laughs> the cross frequencies, it it didn't just didn't come clear to me. And I <laughs> took about a half a roll of tin foil before I could figure it out. Yeah, it, yeah. Sometimes it takes a little bit. Um, did you know that October 26th was National Beer Day? National Beer Day? Oh, no, no, no. I misquoted that slightly. It was National American Beer Day. Oh. <laughs> what a difference a word I makes. made a note of this article to bring it up, and I didn't notice the word American in that until I just, uh, just read it now. <laughs> it's, God, that's like one of those... Uh, that- quotes that you see as a meme on Facebook where you, they get part of the quote and you're like, oh, and then you like look up the whole quote on Snopes and it's like, oh, that's an entirely different statement when you add that last sentence in there. Yeah. <laughs> Sadly, that seems to be, uh, we're dealing with a lot of that now. Uh-huh. That is, a, you know, I don't want to, I've always tried to steer us away from politics on this podcast because it's generally just a really douchey topic. And even if, you as- know. Even even really good conversations tend to political conversations tend to bring out everyone's inner douche. It's like it just you start producing like you start sweating vinegar and waters. Uh. You start talking about it. But um, by the time we record the next podcast, I guess we're going to know which way the country decided to go. Yeah, we're going to know whether or not uh, our new first lady is going to take on cyberbullying. I saw this. Melania Trump is going to take on cyberbullying. And it's I, like, oh, what side are you on? Are you with your husband or against him? Because I'm pretty sure cyberbullying bullying has been a major platform he's run on. It's been, it's a little, <laughs> I swear to God, they've got like comedy writers behind the scenes going, what's the stupidest thing we could have them say next? You know, it's like, how, how retarded could we go with this? And, and people still take them seriously. I mean, that just seems like the most. You want to? There's a million issues out there she could pick. You know, obviously this is a a PR kind of thing. They want to make her look a little more, um, you know, human. Uh, <laughs> to to it, uh, make her seem relevant. Um, like, yeah, like somebody who actually cares. I don't honestly. And here's the thing: I I I understand she comes from a different, you know, completely different background, different life. She lives a completely different life than me. I don't really begrudge her not giving a shit if i was really wealthy i probably wouldn't give a shit either i mean it's just human nature i'm I'm not gonna i'm not going to uh condemn her for having the same attitude that every every other extremely wealthy person has but um i'm willing to condemn her (laughs) I (laughs) i mean yeah there's a lot of reasons to to condemn condemn her and her husband but the uh the it's just weird that she you know she if you're going to do a PR stunt where you're going to pick a, a social issue or something to to go after, why would you pick the one freaking thing that could be turned right back around uh-huh. on you? Yeah, it's like what a bizarre the, choice. Yeah, the, the the point behind uh, picking a um, you know a, a common man's uh, issue mm-hmm. is to humanize yourself yeah. towards all of these people that you have absolutely nothing in common. I mean, yeah, yeah. the number of presidential candidates that we've had over the years that have engaged in like embarrassingly intricate cognitive gymnastics to try to 
try to get their constituency to believe that they're not so incredibly out of touch from growing up and living uh, such a sheltered lifestyle because they're so rich and yeah. um, above, you know, the middle class. Yeah. It, <laughs> I mean, you know, Mitt Romney and uh, George W. And uh, some of the other candidates that, uh, but George W. is a he's a cowboy. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I'd love to see him ride (laughs) from the East Coast, but he's a cowboy. Yeah, dust those spurs off, son. Let's see what you got. (laughs) But I, you know, here's the thing: without getting into the merits of either of the either of the major party candidates, um, or even the the third parties who've gotten a lot more attention this time around than than in in the past. if you had i think it's i think it's kind of amazing that in if you had gone back in time into the early 2000s and you had you had asked me would you see would i see a black president in my lifetime i would have said probably not or would you see a, a female president in your lifetime i would have said probably not we have a a, a rich and proud history of old white men <laughs> i know and that's the thing that really gets me about that and i understand i i I argue with some of my more liberal friends online about about Hillary Clinton, but I do I don't admit it, but I do understand where they're coming from. I like to put people on the spot though when they start up with things like that. But I here's the thing though. It's like politics has always been dirty. It has always been muddy. There is not a single politician who has gone into the office that hasn't got their hands dirty or gotten themselves into some morally gray areas or done things and it's like my my issue with people attacking Hillary Clinton for this is not that they're attacking her for the things she's done wrong. If she's done something wrong, that's legitimate. Talk about it. But why did we have 200-plus years of that shit going on <laughs> with men, and not, it was never an issue? And oh, then all yeah. of a sudden, you get a female president, and now it's like, oh, my God. She had a private email server just like everybody else had private emails. You know, it's, yeah, There's man. very few complaints yeah. about her that didn't already happen with other people, yeah. but why is it an issue now? Yeah, why, why didn't we hear about the 22 million emails that uh, mm-hmm. the, the Bush administration? That's any, And the difference with that, too, was that those emails were actually subpoenaed specifically, and then they were deleted. Uh-huh. These are emails with Hillary Clinton that were just deleted, and people are going, that's really suspicious. Why would you delete all those? What was in that? There's no, there's not even any like, we know yeah. what was in them. Yeah. We think we know what was in them and they got deleted. It was more of a, just sort of a, that's weird. Why did you yeah, do that? When we realized so, that they weren't secure, then we deleted them or, or whatever. But, yeah, but interestingly enough, there was, as, as far as anyone can tell, despite the fact that they were on a private server that could have compromised the security, yeah. uh, with the sensitive information, as far as anyone can tell, yeah. security was not compromised. That no one did actually hack into the server and got that information. That's but the thing with that is, and this is now here. I'm going to sound like I'm attacking Hillary Clinton. Um, but the thing with that is, it's like it's like the Mac users who say, "Oh, I don't run an antivirus, and I've never gotten a virus." And people yeah. will say, "Well, how do you know if you're not running antivirus? Mm-hmm. You might have something sitting in the background doing stuff that you have no idea about." <laughs> And so it's it's like that with the with this email. There's no way to prove that it was never completely that it was never compromised. There's no way to actually say, you know, people can look at things that are out there, information that other countries may have, you know, may have had for right. mysteriously and said, oh, we think we know where that came from. But um, yeah, I don't know. It's um, it's such a weird thing. But um, and and I do sympathize more. 
than I will admit online with with a lot of my friends who are probably more liberal than I am. But it's just like my, that's that's really my issue with the whole right. thing of of attacking her. Just why it's, why is it now an issue? Yeah, it, I don't get it. And and the two things that I can come up with, which seem like the most likely arguments, uh, the. The first is um, one that makes my stomach turn, and yeah. that is uh, inherent institutionalized misogynism. Right. Uh, and the other likelihood is that uh, with a candidate like Bernie Sanders running against her, yeah. he really um, brought into the, the, the public sphere uh, a, a slightly different uh, tone to the dialogue. Yeah. And that, you know, he really did in, ignite the imaginations of a lot of, you know, disenfranchised liberals that, you know, are really looking for that, um, you know, common man's candidate that really is against the corporations mm-hmm. and, you know, is is cleaner, I wouldn't say spick and span, but cleaner than some of the other yeah. candidates that have gotten as far as he has and has the, you know, the the long political history that he did, yeah. he does. You know, a lot of, can, like you said, a lot of uh, politicians that have been at his level for as long as he a- has, um, has, have more skeletons in their closet than, you know, National Cemetery. <laughs> yeah, seriously. And it's, um, I've, I've never had a problem. I understand. It's like, that's not a, an area you go into if you want to, you can't be like a little Pollyanna about that. Right. It's politics. It's ugly. It it's, gets nasty. It's dirty. <laughs> yeah. And they, and they are oftentimes, you know, politicians are often put in, in, and those ethically challenging situations where they, it, there's no real right answer to what you know. It's like you, yeah. Good luck figuring yeah, this do, one out. Do you get shit done? It's less yeah. of, less of a focus on how you get it done. I mean, LBJ yeah. was an excellent example of someone who was uh, a morally repre- reprehensible individual, but knew how to be a politician very well, and he got shit done. Right, like he knew the strings to pull to manipulate people to get get what needed to get done done or what he wanted to get done yeah done because um you know i wouldn't say that he was maybe one of the most effective presidents but someone who had a reputation of saying um okay um we can negotiate or i can manipulate you yeah. and i'm gonna get a lot more done manipulating you because i know the strings to pull yeah well that's funny i you know the um i have a pet theory about bernie sanders running for president which is um and it kind of goes along it's it's a little bit of a manipulation which is um I don't think he started with to be seriously considered. I think what he wanted to do was get in there and get just enough of a following to pull the Democrats back over to the left a little bit where they belong. Uh-huh. And I think I think the wave of support caught him by surprise. <laughs> and I think he was like, "Oh shit. Re- I didn't realize this was going to happen. I don't think he realized because I've I've been listening to him on um the Tom Hartman radio show for for years. He shows uh-huh. up every I think it's like every Thursday. They do like a brunch with Bernie segment. Uh-huh. And I've been so I, for years and years before this election season ever came along, I I was kind of familiar with him and his ideas and I always thought he was pretty this is a pretty cool guy. He's never once expressed any sort of aspirations like for running for president. And I remember when he showed up and 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 all of a sudden it's like, whoa, what the hell? He's like he's always talked about, you know, it's always he always seems like one of those people who's in his element in the Senate and that's where he wants to be. And all of a sudden he's running for president. And I remember from the very beginning going, This is weird. This doesn't strike me as and then he's then, he's mighty frumptastic. 
He's mighty what? <laughs> Frumptastic. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's just kind of a frumpy, nerdy guy. Mm-hmm. I mean, eloquent, certainly. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah. But I, yeah, I think it caught him by surprise, though. And I think he was uh, also a little surprised at how many of his followers jumped off the Democrats and went uh-huh. elsewhere. Uh-huh. And that's why suddenly he's back like, hey, that's, you know, without saying it outright. I I, I appreciate the sentiment, but maybe now is not the right time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You have a complete nut job. This is not another Andrew Jackson. This is another Hitler. (laughs) (laughs) Trump will not end up on the the new face of the $20 bill. (laughs) Yeah. What's really funny is I saw a uh, discussion online about, you know, why, why, how come there's so many Trump signs out there and no Hillary signs? And I was thinking about that, and I was like, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't actually put one up because I actually this time around, this is the only time, the only presidential election I've ever lived through where I'm actually slightly scared of the people on the other side. <laughs> and I'm just, I, and I think I don't think I would put anything on my car or in my yard that would make me an easy target for, for that kind of. I just, I, you know, and maybe I'm being cynical, and maybe that's an asshole thing to say about the people on the other side, but. I really feel like there's like potential to, and and we're already and we're seeing things like the the Trump signs that were put up with the razor blades in the bottom. So when somebody tried to pull them up, they cut their fingers. Ooh, did you, I, did you hear no, about I that? I hadn't heard about that. Somebody put up a bunch of Trump signs in a, in a public area, Commons, that was near a polling area, which is illegal. You're not supposed to do that, right? And the person must have known they were going to get pulled up because they put uh, razor blades angled in the bottom of the sign where somebody oh, would logically uh-huh. grab it to yank it up out of the ground. Uh-huh. And the guy who did it got his hands all sliced up. Ooh. Yeah. And so they had to go and, uh, and you know, that's the kind of thing. And there's other stories like that floating around too, hmm. about other, you know, we even had a guy here in Bellingham who uh, was in the, in the Herald because he electrified his sign because it kept getting ripped off the bush in the front of his yard. Oh, yeah. And that's on sunset when you're, when you're going from sunset heading toward Meridian. Uh huh. And I see that sign, and what's really funny is that it hasn't deterred people. They've still managed to mangle that sign. <laughs> At that point, it's it becomes a challenge. It's like, well, I won't be using a metal baseball bat. I'll be using a wooden one. <laughs> I guess that's much, a sir. little different since, you know, he's protecting something that's on his property. But yeah, still, yeah. it's the mentality behind, uh, you know, you don't touch, don't touch that thing or I'm going to actually physically hurt you. So... Uh, I I really enjoy this conversation, yeah. but it's a beer beer podcast and not mm-hmm. a, uh, a. And we are so, yeah. I, so I was thinking of a really good... close to the to the douche dumb that I was referring <laughs> so, to earlier. So so I'm thinking of a good segue. How about this? Yes. Afraid of Trump supporters. How is your Halloween, Rick? <laughs> <laughs> we have a ton of candy left over because we have traditionally had tons of people up up here. Even though we're in a part of town, if you're familiar with Bellingham, you would you would look at it and think you don't get a lot of people out there, but we get a ton of people out here. You know, your neighborhood has a, a lot of a lot of the telltale signs of suburbia, like a, <laughs> like a nice neighborhood that people would go trigger treating. I, I think mean, I was your just neighbor insulted. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I was actually thinking your neighbor is yeah. a good telltale sign. He just moans of suburbia. <laughs> he whimpers of suburbia. <laughs> he oozes it. Um, but no, we. Um, I the first year we lived up here, we thought well, there would be no, there would be nothing, no trick or treaters, nothing, because it just we're we're sort of for people unfamiliar with Bellingham, we live in an area that's sort of out on the fringe, and it's considered kind of um, we're not even technically in Bellingham city limits, 
So we thought the first year it was like, we're not going to get anybody up here. The people from all around this area out here drive their kids and they all park along the road and up along. <laughs> and it just becomes, it is literally like you look outside and it's like, um, like downtown Seattle in the middle of the day, there's just people clogging the sidewalks, walking around. And it's like Deanne actually has to go out on the porch because she can't keep opening the door and closing the like door. Like just knocking down your door. Yeah, so she just sits on the top of the steps and hands out candy. It's just nonstop. The, look at that nice new Honda Civic in the driveway. <laughs> I bet they love candy. <laughs> yeah, that fancy Honda Civic. <laughs> but... Um, <laughs> But um, yeah, so it's it's always been crazy here. It's always been just just not. So every year we really gear up. We get ready for it. We buy a ton of candy. Deanne finds the cheapest stuff she can find. We really load up. And this year, being on a Monday that had uh, that had weather forecast for pouring rain, uh-huh. nothing. And so no. I mean, we got a little <laughs> trickle. Like by by about six o'clock is when we get this constant. Like nonstop people, sure. kids coming up the driveway while they're going down. Yep. It's like just steady. And this year it was like by about that time, six, six thirty. We're just getting like somebody ringing the bell about every two, three minutes. And it's, then it, it kind of eased so off. frequent. It was enough. Mine. It was yeah. enough. And Deanne was like, oh my God, I'm going to start handing out handfuls, you know? So she was doing like the big handfuls. <laughs> And the kids were like freaking out. Oh, thank you. <laughs> no, no, come back, no, come back more. Have another one. <laughs> well, at one point, Deanne, she mentioned, she goes, some kids came up and they got more, you know, they got some candy and cheese. She goes, I think those guys just came up here a few minutes ago. Like, that's fine, actually. This year, that's encouraged. Go yeah. ahead and keep coming up. You guys can just keep, you know, every few minutes, come up and get more candy. Yeah. <laughs> but despite that, despite handing out tons of it, we ended up with just just loads of candy left over this time. Really? Yeah, it was weird. I felt It felt a little bit like the people who did the Y2K panic and stocked up, you know, like their, their basements with food and <laughs> rations and stuff, and then it didn't happen. It's like, oh, shit. That was stupid. <laughs> what am I going to do with all these candy? And beans. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, well, you might be able to have some of them with the Ballast Point Cinnamon Raisin Commodore American Stout, which we're drinking right now. I, in uh, apparently, although I didn't know it at the time, a nod to the uh, the American National American Beer Day. Yeah, yeah, we, we missed that one. Oh, <laughs> I don't know. I just wanted to bring it up because I felt like since we're a beer podcast, we probably should acknowledge it, even though um, I it, it apparently is a non-event. I mean, I heard nothing about it at the time. Although National American Beer Day, we really need to take the word American out of there. Yeah. I know we have a lot of good craft breweries, but when you hear the term American beer, <sighs> yeah, it's, you know, that's not what you it's think. It's synonymous of. with <laughs> yeah, piss. <laughs> 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 National urine in a cup day. <laughs> so, what do you think of the Ballast Point uh, Commodore? I think it's good. Yeah. I, th- I think it delivers on what it claims to be, but I'm not sure if I really like what it. Yeah, like it's it seemed like kind of a good idea at the time. Like when I uh, <laughs> when I got it, like for whatever reason, I looked at it on the shelf and I thought, I really like raisin English muffins. Mm-hmm. It's got a little bit of cinnamon, a little bit of raisin, put a little butter on it. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, it Like, I taste the raisin, yeah. and I think I taste the cinnamon. Like, it has, uh, like, a certain, I don't know, dryness? Je ne sais quoi. Je ne sais quoi. <laughs> <laughs> yes, this is actually a French stout. This, this is not an American stout. <laughs> the thing. Le bière 
plus toi. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I don't think it's bad. I, yeah. I would give it like a... Uh, this one's for you, Jeff. Uh, a three point eight five. Three point eight five. Okay. <laughs> no, no. Well, I, I, uh, three point seven. There you go. That's that's about right. No, I, I I jotted down four at first, but the more I hate to say this, the more I the more I drink it, the less I like it. But I don't like it. I don't, it's not dropping off so fast that I hate it. But I no. I, I had uh, revised it to three. I I like it, and I and I am getting the cinnamon and the raisin. Mm-hmm. And uh, also, the color's really nice. Um, but, <laughs> but the uh, yeah, it's not it's not a four. It's not a four. I wouldn't yeah. give it a four. A three at three is uh, mm-hmm. it's definitely better than the thing we just had than yeah. the uh, Ben and Jerry's. Yeah, I I think I've loved just about everything that I've had from Ballast Point, mm-hmm. and they have some weird ones out there. Yeah, you know they they're the ones that have the grapefruit sculpin, and there's one I picked up today that's a habanero sculpin. Yeah, habanero. Not Yarrow, Narrow. Yeah, yeah there Habit, you go. Habanero, yeah, yeah. Sculpin, uh, which I don't know if we're going to get that one today. Yeah. Uh, if we miss that one, I'm okay with it because usually the ones that are hot usually destroy me. So um, I'm okay with not getting to that one. All right. Well, I put it back in the fridge. I, oh, it, okay. it wasn't. It wasn't at the top of my list by any stretch of the imagination. Right. So this one's a six point five alcohol by volume. It's ABV. Which, uh, as we've determined on previous podcasts, is a um, uh, a, a low ABV, yeah, content. Beer. I, I think that counts as a low ABV. That <laughs> reminds me, actually, there was a there was a beer news story about a uh, a company in uh, I think it was yeah it was in uh, the Netherlands who has uh, claimed that he's done a a recipe for beer that is uh, will not cause hangovers. And he's keeping the recipe under wraps because he says it's a big deal and he thinks this is going to be a, a huge thing. And uh, he released some of the ingredients. The ingredients in it are, it's a Pilsner style, which, uh, yeah, that's going to be hangover free for me because I won't drink it. <laughs> but, <laughs> well, th- there it is. If you yeah. just make it absolutely undrinkable, <laughs> I guarantee you won't get a hangover from my beer. That's right. <laughs> Wait, what but was he, the semantics there? Is it get a hangover from drinking your beer or getting a hangover from your beer? <laughs> well, I'm probably wording it poorly, but the guy's name is Thomas Gessink, a Dutch beer maker, says that he's cracked the code for brewing a beer which gets people drunk but does not leave them cowering in the dark corner in the next morning. That sounds a little creepy. I don't know what happened to you, but that's not a hangover. That's a, that, that might be date rape. <laughs> I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> anyway. I, dr- um, I drank like four of them, and then I sat on the floor of my shower Cold water running over me for the next two days. I don't know what it just felt like. There have been fists in places where they shouldn't have been, <laughs> but I don't remember now. I don't know. Yes, Your <laughs> Honor, that beer violated me. <laughs> but he released some of the ingredients that he's added that he claims are part of it, but he won't release all of it. One of them is vitamin twelve. One of them is willow fibers. Hmm. I don't know about that. Good poops. Sea salt. <laughs> sea salt. Um and ginger, hmm. so I don't know about that. But I, as I was reading the article about this, it uh, they they specified that it's a pilsner style, style beer with a four point five percent alcohol. Okay, I was thinking, okay, that's right. why it's hangover yeah. free. <laughs> I mean, it has the elements of it, like yeah, uh, vitamin B deficiencies are synonymous with uh, uh, hangovers. Hmm. Uh, but 
That also sounds like it could be potentially really unpleasant because uh, I'm not sure whether or not it was the B or the niacin, but years ago when I did a lot of partying and then, you know, try to go work on four or five hours of sleep, I would uh, drink these energy drinks that were fortified with B vitamins. And I'm presuming that part of the impetus behind putting these B vitamins was as kind of a hangover cure. But I started, I I drank enough of them where I started to have a reaction to the B vitamins where after I would drink one of these energy drinks, my skin would start to feel hot and prickly and itchy. And I I looked it up and apparently it's from an over, overabundance of B vitamins in your, uh, yeah. In your system, that your kidneys are having a hard time filtering it out, or oh. start to de- develop a little bit of a reaction to it. Huh. So I'm just thinking, trying to get plowed on this hangover-free beer could potentially end up being really unpleasant. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know for a fact you can't OD on willow fibers. I've tried <laughs> many <laughs> many nights. <laughs> you know, I went through a dark place where I sat in the corner. Yeah, you know, everybody's gone through their willow fiber abuse period. You know, uh-huh. they just you think that's like the greatest thing on the planet. You know, one night when I just didn't think that there was anyone there for me, I took an entire bottle of willow fiber. <laughs> the fuck is willow fiber anyway? <laughs> Apparently, at some point, I called a friend when they came over. I was unconscious with a branch of willow in my hand. I'd just been chewing on <laughs> for me a hangover free beer is a beer and this is a, i just this i don't think this is any great revelation revelation i think other people have had this understand this is a beer that has the exact uh, the exact same size bottle attached to it on this side just filled with water uh-huh and that's it <laughs> I, if i've i've found that if i drink the equivalent amount of water to the volume of beer that i have drunk you know, after every podcast, I do that. Like, how many ever glasses I had, I'll make sure I have that much water before the end of the night. Mm-hmm. I never have hangovers. I don't know what. I mean, I don't know if that's unusual or if it's just no. I mean, it makes sense. I mean, you're diluting the beer, so it's going to be absorbed into your system a lot slower, right? Um, and you know, everyone has a different susceptibility to alcohol. It all gets down to you know how much of certain enzymes you're. Yeah. Your liver produces the, right. the alcohol dehydrogenase and acetaldehyde dehydrogenase. Oh, dude. <laughs> <laughs> that hurt just hearing it. <laughs> well, it's interesting. I mean, either, you know, genetically or for whatever reason, yeah. people are have different susceptibilities to, A, how quickly get they get drunk and how long they stay drunk. Right. And how uh, much of a hangover they have. Because when you drink alcohol... The first thing it's converted to is alcohol dehydrogenase breaks it down into acetaldehyde. Yeah. And alcohol itself is not as toxic for you, but acetaldehyde is. It's neurotoxic. It's really hard on the liver. Yeah. And uh, it's, I mean, so it's really what makes you hungover is the acetaldehyde. Weird. And then there's another enzyme, acetaldehyde dehydrogenase, that breaks it down from acetaldehyde to acetate and water. Acetate, really not all that big of a deal for you. Water, obviously not a big deal. Yeah. So there's two different stages where it gets broken down. And if, for instance, you don't have one or you don't have another in high enough quantities, Mm -hmm. it gets hung up in the process. So for people who have a genetic, uh, um, uh, 
are genetically predisposed towards uh, getting drunk quickly and staying drunk for a long time. The Native Americans, for instance, have a have a, a reputation of this. Right. They don't. Uh, they don't have a lot of alcohol dehydrogenase. And when you drink alcohol, it just sloshes around, yeah. and you get drunk and you stay drunk, and it doesn't get broken down into acetaldehyde right away. Right. Uh, people that uh, get really, really bad hangovers, and. Uh, you know, really are miserable every time they drink to excess, have alcohol dehydrogenase, but not acetaldehyde dehydrogenase. So they're able huh. to break it down into something that's toxic for you and but doesn't get you quite as drunk. Yeah. But then you're just absolutely miserable. Okay. I'm having another one of those I like the color of this beer moments while you're talking because you're you, bobble, <laughs> you've lost bobble, me a little bobble, bit. Bobble, bobble. But it sounds like the 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 bottom line here is the the uh dehydrating effect of it. Of these two things, is that yeah the, the dehydration and yeah. you know the the toxins that end up sitting in your body yeah whether or not you know it's, this I always found it interesting that you know and and there was a, um I read this once about LSD and I don't know if this is true or not um it was from it was a book um I can't remember it was called the Beyond Within and it was a really good book it was about a guy who had done some research with LSD and before it had been outlawed. And so he just wanted mm-hmm. to publish what his experiences with it. And it was a really good book. I can't remember the author's name. Uh, one of the things he pointed out in it, though, is that um, the the um, LSD itself has gotten into your brain and completely left it before the effects start. Like there's no more, there's nothing left. And he said that what they think happens is that it gets into your brain and kicks off a series of uh, chemical reactions and then by the time you're actually experiencing it, the LSD is already in your liver. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's what's mm-hmm. going on is actually caused by your own brain producing its own stuff. It yep. was just you kick that off yep. with but, those things. So I've always been fascinated by the idea that, you know, like alcohol or something that you're drinking or, or taking is not causing the effects, but it's triggering something else. And that's what it actually sounds uh-huh. like you're talking about. It, it very much is the case. The, 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 uh, what it, it would be the pharmacokinetics and the pharmacodynamics of a drug. That's yeah, basically okay. Okay. The, the, the study of what the drug does once it's in your body, mm-hmm. whatever it is. Uh, and there are very, very few drugs where there's a direct effect. Usually it's an indirect effect like LSD. Oh, is that typical? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. I didn't know that. There are very few. Um, opiates are one of the few drugs where you have a direct effect. Okay. Um, where – your brain actually has huh. uh, has receptors specifically for that drug. The drug binds to those receptors and causes the effect directly. Weird. Most everything, most of the other drugs, it's uh, a, a foreign substance that your body does not have uh, a mechanism in place to deal with directly. And so by the time it actually gets to your brain and causes the effect, yeah. what it's doing is something that um, – isn't isn't what your brain was designed to it, your brain wasn't designed to handle that drug directly and so yeah. it's reacting to it right, and the reaction right. is what gets you like in the case with LSD yeah. LSD to your brain it looks a lot like serotonin so your brain allows it to bond to the serotonin receptors yeah so serotonin can't bond to those receptors and so what you okay. end up having is serotonin, which should bond to those receptors and then be reabsorbed, re- taken back up into the neuron, uh-huh. instead just sloshes around in your brain. 
and LSD says does such a good job of keeping your brain from from absorbing this reabsorbing the serotonin. Yeah. That your brain is like, oh, I need to produce serotonin because it's not bonding to the receptors. Apparently, I need more. Oh, oh, and so it just puts on more and more and more, and the LSD is, you know. <laughs> I've always found that kind of scary, though, and now 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 that I've learned that that's pretty typical of any drug, that kind of scares me even a little bit more because I've always thought, you know, what happens if you you know get a bonk on the head or you've got like a you know a tumor or something and it triggers that kind of reaction like out of the blue and you're not expect. I mean, I, w- I wonder how many people who are you know like living on the streets or homeless who are quote unquote insane are just having like something like that happening. Mm-hmm constantly where they you know they're constantly in a state of you know just total yeah, it, confusion yeah because... it's, a, it's a feedback loop that is out of control yeah 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 see that scares me <laughs> that's that's free talk about halloween <laughs> yeah <laughs> so did you go into it go to any parties or anything no 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 this was the first time in quite a few years that we didn't go to any halloween parties which um actually was kind of nice um I've always found like getting the the costume and stuff to be kind of a pain in the ass. Yeah, the, the last <laughs> couple of years, it's been like a last minute, like, oh shit, it's Halloween. Yeah. Well, it's time to go stand in line at a Halloween store and see what's left. Yeah. Um. And Dan and I have always tried to get a little bit creative with it. You know, it's um. We will we'll go there and see if we can like maybe piece together something. And it's like, yeah. well, we've got this at home, and we got this, and we can yep. buy this thing. And yep. But and that's always fun to do, but it's really freaking hard because it's it's like everything has to be just right, or your costume does not convey the right, you know. Yeah, you get tired of telling people what you are. Yeah, you yeah. Show yeah. up and what are you supposed to? Be? <laughs> I mean, at our age, they do less of that. But yeah. like, they they smile and they're like, "Oh, hey, Rick, how's it going?" And then there's like. They look you from head to toe and size you up, and there's sort of like it's polite to like acknowledge what he's dressed up as, yeah. but can't tell what it is. Yeah. And there's like this awkward moment, and you're like, "Yeah, do you do you like my Rick James costume? Are you like a, an old doctor? Is that what this is? I I did a um I one year I dressed up as a uh, as a mad scientist, and we mm-hmm. took and this was a put together ourselves kind of costume where uh, my daughter had a lab jacket or my son had a lab jacket from his and it just it was big enough to where i could put it on too and then i put on a uh like a work shirt and a tie so it looked like i would be in a, in a lab somewhere and then i had we had like the 3d glasses from the theater uh-huh. and we took out the little glass things because they're really thick and nerdy uh-huh. looking right yeah, so i yeah. put those on and my wife actually sprayed my hair standing straight up and sprayed it white uh-huh. And it was, it was, I thought it was pretty cool, but I actually, one of the people that came to our party was like, are you like, uh, is this like an old doctor or something? <laughs> it's like, no, I'm like a mad scientist. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Good. <laughs> Fine. Whatever. Yeah. That, um, one of the best costumes, um, one of the best planned costumes. That's what I think it is. I think if you start planning in advance, you know, Deanna and I usually were like three days before it's like, oh shit, I'm going to get some costumes together. Um, but one of the coolest, uh, Things I ever saw, and this was at one of the parties that was here. I think you were, I think you were here. I think uh, if awesome. I remember correctly, the Zamoras and the Ashes showed up as the uh, oh, what are they called from uh, Clockwork Orange? Oh, <laughs> the guys in the white outfits, the yeah, yeah. little punk uh, droogs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my god, that was awesome. They all walked <laughs> in, and I was like, oh man, that's actually scaring me a little bit. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I think one of. One of the best receptions that I had from a costume was inspired by a roommate of mine 
who never drank. Like he was a stoner, but Mm -hmm. uh, when he was in the military, he drank too much. And so that just wasn't for him. So he smoked pot, but he didn't drink. And then one night about a week before Halloween, uh, he, uh, he decided to get into some whiskey and he got drunk and we're having a conversation on the couch. And, uh, I made some reference to how our place was just a complete mess. I mean, we were both bachelors, Mm -hmm. you know, and, uh, you know, we didn't, neither of us liked doing dishes or vacuuming and the place was always a mess. Right. And I, I just, I made the comment and it was front in front of other friends Mm -hmm. that I said, you know, Oh, you know, we're both slobs, you know, whatever. And, uh, my roommate took offense to it and he said, I'm not a slob. And I said, we're both slobs. It's okay to own it. I mean, you look at the place, it's always like this. Yeah. I mean, it's not like we're, you know, either of us are Sally homemakers. Like, yeah, I, I'm okay owning that. Yeah. Cause it's just the, what, what we're doing in our lives right now. He got really offended, <gasps> proceeded to drink the rest of the bottle of whiskey after I had gone to bed mm-hmm. and then clean the entire house <laughs> top to bottom <laughs> The entire thing, like a couple of times I like wake up and I can hear a vacuum running and it's like three or four o'clock in the morning and I'm like, what the fuck? I come whiskey. down in the morning. Whiskey turned him into June yeah. Cleaver. <laughs> and so I came down in the morning and the place is cleaner than it has ever been since oh, the two of us have been insane. living together. And so I cracked a joke the next night that while I was asleep, whiskey gnomes came and cleaned the entire house. And then I got to thinking as it got close to Halloween, I'm going to be a whiskey gnome. Oh, man, Tony's going to oh, hate this. Funny. Because Tony never had a sense of humor about it. Yeah. Like, when I cracked the joke about whiskey, whiskey gnomes, he, he was not ready to laugh about it. Yeah. Like, he was still offended. Like, you, you want me to pull my weight? I'll pull my weight. I'll clean the entire house and shut you up. And uh, Good luck getting like me to that? shut up. You know, here's the thing. <laughs> I had a friend, and he and I were uh, we're good friends going way back to grade school. But we are both total geeks, you know, and have been all our lives. And um, and around 1991 or 92, I was I was uh, I was doing something. I don't remember what it was, but I made a reference to the fact I said, "Yeah, we're just, we're just a couple of geeks." And that was actually way back before people were actually using that word in a positive way. Still, and he got really offended in the same way. He was like, "What are you talking about? I'm not a geek." I was like, are you kidding me? Seriously? <laughs> D&D player, computer guy, come on. Seriously? Yeah, we're geeks. We're nerds. We're nerds and geeks. <laughs> and he got really offended. He was like really freaking annoyed about it. I was like, I don't know. What, do what do you want me to say? That's what we are. Why well, hate it? I mean, why well, hate acknowledging that? Yeah, I don't know l- what the big deal is. Loud and proud, man. Loud and proud. Yeah, yeah. It's very <laughs> weird. I don't know why people. You know, what's, that's, that's weird, too. Um, I don't know what your place was like. I remember going over once in, uh, when I lived in Aberdeen, a friend of ours who owned a gaming store, actually, in Aberdeen, um, he took us over to some friends of his, um, and we were going to game over there. We, we ended up, I remember the game we were playing was the Call of Cthulhu. Oh, Is yeah. That old? Yeah, yeah. And, oh, yeah. And I still have the books out in the garage <laughs> nice. for that one. Um, I remember walking into their house, and this was like a, a couple of, of guys living there. They were probably... Um, probably early college age and we walk in and it was probably the worst like messiest house I've ever seen in my life. And I'm, this is not a joke, like just fast food bags and boxes and everything all across, just 
the entire floor. Like you couldn't see the carpet. It was just they. It was like they ate things and then just hurled them onto the floor. And it was just like all over, like piled up everywhere. And I was like, oh my god. And I have a thing about like clutter. I have a really weird thing about clutter. It's like I I try to sort of stop myself from freaking out about like when I see things piled up. Like right now, uh-huh. that stuff over there is kind of bothering me. You know, like uh-huh. a lot of sure. and, and and I try to just let it go. I'm like, it's fine. It's fine. It's where it is. It's not a big deal. Yeah, this is not the hill I want to die on. It bothers yeah. me, but it's not that way everywhere I turn. But, I just won't look at that for now. But I had an I remember I had an almost phobic like reaction to this. I was like, I don't know if I can go in here. <laughs> And I remember going in, and it was like, oh my god, there's like, there's stuff everywhere. Uh huh. What the hell? There were there were times was, when this house got to that point. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. It was it was pretty bad. I was thinking I was gonna, you were going to say no, I never quite got there. there but no, yeah. no, there were a couple of times. There were a couple wow. of times. I had two roommates. One who uh, was was unemployed and who was a stoner and was going to school online. Yeah. And so he spent about 90% of his time in his room. Mm. Didn't really come out except to use the kitchen from time to time. And the other one uh, <laughs> was on uh, workers' comp disability. Yeah. And just pretty much took mushrooms and acid all day long. Wow. <laughs> and then I went to work and like, the times when I was home, I'm like, I do not have the energy to clean. I'm <laughs> fuck it. I'm gonna go out. <laughs> so you're like, maybe if I insult my roommate about how messy it is. <laughs> no, it was. I had gotten beyond that because yeah. I was like, you know, browbeating people or making them feel guilty. I'm not gonna change who this person is. I'm not here to change you. Yeah. If you're yeah, a slob. Yeah. Be a slob. Yeah. I'm okay with being a slob too. Let's be slobs together. Yeah. But he was not having it. It turned out to be one of the best costumes I ever came up with because we went downtown that year. Yeah. And whiskey gnome. The, so so it was basically a travelocity gnome. I had the great big beard and I had the big cone hat so people could see me. But then I cleaned out my tool bags, these carpenter tool bags that have all these bags in yeah. them. Yeah. And I bought maybe 60 or 80 little travel bottles of whiskey, all these different types of whiskey, Maker's Mark and Seagram 7, Jack Daniels, all these different kinds, and filled the tool bags full of them. And we just went around downtown, and I handed out these free bottles of whiskey. That's awesome. And I didn't get stopped at the door anywhere we went when we played a cover. Like, no one really looked closely at my costume. It's like, oh, what are you? I'm a whiskey gnome. Okay, cool. And I'm just (laughs) handing out these bottles all night long. And I come to find out that this is a pretty popular costume among all these college students. Yeah. People have been following me all around downtown, mm-hmm. like one step behind me. Like I, st- at one point, we ended up over at the <laughs> Copper Hog, and we stayed a little bit longer because we, we saw friends. Just to, just to throw some out for yeah. like like candy at a parade. You yeah, know? basically, that's what I was doing. Like I'm shaking people's hands and giving them whiskey, and you know, wishing them a happy that's Halloween. Really and and I ran into a, a group of kids as uh, I was coming out of the. Um, Copper hog. And mm-hmm. I wasn't that drunk. Not enough so that I wouldn't recognize someone who I'd given whiskey to. Yeah. And this group of people stopped dead in their tracks. And like three of the six people said, oh, my God, it's the whiskey gnome. <laughs> and 
my heart grew oh, three great. sizes that day. I, th- like, apparently, I it, it, people had been telling other people, dude, yeah. there's this guy dressed as the Travelocity gnome, and he's giving away free whiskey. <laughs> where, where did you last see him? Well, I saw him down at Rumors. I think they were headed in the direction of the Horseshoe. And so, so I like people started to recognize me right around eleven o'clock. Yeah, and <laughs> like I started asking them, "Where did you, like?" And they're like, "Well, we were just down at Ishka's, and you had just left, and they said you were going uphill, so we headed uphill." <laughs> you need to have you need to coordinate with NORAD, so they'll do like with Santa. They'll <laughs> they'll have your position on a like a GPS or on a map, you know, so well, people I, can find you. The, <laughs> I gave away all the whiskey by the end of the That's night. That's hilarious. <laughs> That's really funny. That almost makes me think of like the great pumpkin. Like there should be a cartoon about the whiskey gnome. Like you go and hang out yeah. in, the, in the field and the whiskey gnome's going to show up. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, that's funny. That's a, <laughs> that's how, you know, you probably, I could imagine there are people still telling that story. Like you've probably become so. a little bit of a, um, I don't know if legend is the right word, but you've you've created like a a, a myth. Uh-huh. <laughs> the myth of the whiskey gnome and banging. You know, and it grows too. It's like everybody's telling like adding things to it. It's like, yeah, we thought he was normal and then he walked away and all of a sudden he just disappeared. Yeah. <laughs> it's like it was freaky, man. I, I thought he was real. He handed but... me a bottle of whiskey and I turned around <laughs> to my friends and when I turned back, he was gone. This little star wins. Flying away, man. It was really freaky. It's funny. A friend of mine gave me a book a couple of years later by, um, uh, God, the uh, the author. He did um, even Cowgirls Get the Blues. Oh, and, um, uh, Jay uh, Robbins. Tom Robbins? Tom Robbins. Yeah, Tom yeah, Robbins. yeah, yeah. He wrote too. a children's book a couple of years after that called B is for Beer. <laughs> and like it's, a, it's like a, a children's book. And... Yeah. It's uh, the, one of the main characters. It's uh, th- this kid and this Jiminy Cricket character shows up, but it's the beer fairy. <laughs> <laughs> and it made me so happy. Like, I was like, yeah. okay, I was, I've been the whiskey gnome. Yeah. I'm be the beer fairy. I never got around to it. It's a really good book. I highly recommend it. <laughs> what book is it? What is it? B is for beer. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I have to say, I think you outdid him with the beer, with the whiskey gnome. I think that's a better <laughs> idea. Now, hold on. Is gnomes are not related in any way to leprechauns, right? Uh, ooh. Because I'm trying to figure out how you spell whiskey. I mean, if it's the Irish way, right? Uh, There's no uh-huh, E. Uh-huh. Is that right? Am I, do I have that right? I think you have that right. So are gnomes and leprechauns related? I don't know. Huh. I don't know. This is uh this is the this is the deep moment of the podcast. This is where like the people who are getting stoned while they're listening to it are going, Whoa. Maybe they're maybe a, they have a common ancestor. That could be. Yeah, it's like an evolutionary process. Uh-huh. <laughs> the evolution of the Fae. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think people ever sit around and go, wait a minute, wait, 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 wait. If gnomes are real, if, if gnomes came from leprechauns, why do we still have leprechauns? Yeah, what, what about what about brownies? Where do the brownies come in? <laughs> no, no, which came I, first, the, the, the Seder or the pan? <laughs> See, this is why we got our asses kicked in high school. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, you're probably right. So what was the, the beer that I just oh, have almost finished? Is what, what, is, what are we drinking now? It's called the, the uh, Molotov Cocktail. Yes, uh, from Evil Twin Brewing. Ooh. Um, Evil Twin is um, Stratford, Connecticut. Oh, interesting. Yeah. 
and uh, it's a uh, an imperial IPA. Now this must have a a higher ABV because I'm <laughs> feeling it finally. <laughs> All of thirteen percent. Oh, okay. I can see why they only sell it in twelve ounce bottles. <clears throat> this is a beast of a beer. Yeah, I'm. I'm after those first two, I was feeling nothing. Now I'm like, mm. mm-hmm. I would start believing in the whiskey gnome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, when I look through an IPA that like. Mm-hmm. Has thick particulate in it, and yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I imagine this beer would age well. Yeah, this is um. I would I would give this. And this is another one I'm debating three or four. I think I'm going to give it a four. I like it. I do too. This yeah. is really good. It it's uh it's got just enough of a sweetness that I think um it's uh well it's very drinkable. It's not too bitter. And uh, I think if you aged it, mm-hmm. it would it would be good. I mean, IPAs are not like known for aging for more than you know twelve months or so. But yeah. I I bet that it would get even better. Yeah, with a few months sitting in the dark corner. This has a little bit of what Jeff might call, uh, and I don't know if I'm getting this correct or not. I might be wrong. He's he calls this skank. The skank, yeah, but he doesn't. He 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 always emphasizes this by saying that that's not a bad thing. <laughs> Jeff's got a special place in his heart for his skank. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think by that he means it smells a little bit like a, it smells very hoppy. It's usually about that time that he grabs my butt. <laughs> <laughs> he does that to you too, huh? <laughs> okay, good. He's a uh, much love, Jeff. Much yeah, love. He's a uh, he's a. Uh, that's the only thing, but um, you know, Donald Trump and and Jeff Swapman have in common. They <laughs> will grab you in he's unexpected a, places. He's a grabber, yeah. <laughs> but Jeff does it out of love. He does it. Yes, it's he does a, it with the, love. The, it's it's not a, it's not an act of power or an act of authority. Right. It really is, and it, it kind of heals you spiritually, <laughs> or maybe not. I might yeah. have been imagining. Yeah, that no, part. I, I see that. <laughs> well, this is definitely a beer that might make Jeff a little bit grabby. Yes, I I agree. Yes, this is definitely a. Oh, I'm looking at the wrong bottle. But yes, I think this is the Molotov cocktail. Mm-hmm. Molotov cocktail yep. from Here Eagles it is right Brewing. Here. Yeah, this is um this is a, a very this is much better than the first one we had. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I think we're actually approaching the final thoughts. Believe it or not. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. All right. What are your final thoughts? Do you have any final thoughts? Um, let's see here. Uh, that that last beer was really good. Yeah. Uh, if I had a dog, I would be ready to take it for a walk right now. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, for the listeners, Brandon's referring to the fact that I tend to take our dog for a, uh, a not-so-sober walk around the neighborhood after most podcasts. <laughs> it's the best state it's, of mind to take a dog for a walk. That is bus. actually true. <laughs> um, it's it's a lot of fun to take a dog for a walk in that state. Yeah, um, like you're on the same level that the dog's like, oh, my God, we're going for a walk. I'm so happy. And you're like, I'm kind of buzzed. I'm so happy. It's such a nice night. <laughs> I'm fascinated by the fact that, um, you know, I know dogs are more intelligent than we give them credit for, but it's it's so weird. Our dog figures out when, when we're talking about taking her for a walk. Even though we refer to that as the W in this household, we don't uh-huh. say that word because uh-huh. that sets her off. Usually she must not be in the room or paying attention right now. But um, <laughs> that word, but she, I don't know what it is. I've been trying to figure it out. She'll she'll pick up on clues and all of a sudden get really perked up and like, 
looking like, and I'm like, what did I do or say? I have no idea what just happened here, but she suddenly knows. Like you undo your belt and she hears the belt buckle and she's like, that's a leash. (laughs) Something happens. I don't know what it is, but it's weird. Um, Maybe it's a psychic connection. Yeah, there we go. She's a touch. So that's my that's my final thought. My dog has a psychic connection to me. <laughs> it's a good way to be. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, uh, good cool. mic, Dave. <laughs> this episode of Beer Plus Three featured Rick Anderson and Brandon Longwell, also known around various parts of Bellingham as the Whiskey Gnome. Be careful, kids. If you see the Whiskey Gnome in public, do not approach. He is considered armed and dangerous. Armed with alcohol and dangerously drunk. Please subscribe so you won't miss out on future alcohol-fueled antics. You can find Beer Plus 3 on iTunes, SoundCloud.com, Stitcher, and anywhere else finer podcasts are sold. Also connect with us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram or email us at beerplus3 at gmail.com. Good night, Dave. The last time that I was aware of them doing just a one-on-one podcast, um, yeah. Mike got Jeff good and high before. Oh, oh yeah, that's <laughs> right. I forgot about that. That might explain that one, at least. That'll explain that one. Maybe there's more than we know. Maybe that's just uh... <laughs> Mike's. He's like, okay, Jeff will happily just talk nonstop yeah. for the next hour and a half if I let him. Yeah. But if I get him stoned, he's just, just, just going to mellow out. out. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> um, also about these two-person podcasts is um, if you have to go to the bathroom, just make a mental bookmark of where you are and then just say, I gotta, I'll gotta, i be back in a minute. And then Because we've tried it before in the past where the other person just continues. Uh-huh. And it's incredibly fucking awkward. And I've ended up <laughs> editing out most of that because it's just like, exactly. oh, I don't know what else I'm going to say, but I guess I'm going to keep talking. And I've, it's like, it's I've, just I've the dumbest seen, thing. I've seen Jeff do it. And he gets really awkward. Jeff, I have. And wh- either jams up or. Yeah. Like he gets this gleam and he just starts <laughs> babbling away. And it starts yeah. to sound like that uh, podcast. Um, uh, it's called um, Sleep With Me. Yeah. I, I'm not sure if you've heard of it. I, I've I've heard the title. I don't know who that is. Uh, the fellow's name is Drew, Drew Ackman or Ackerman. Yeah. And uh, the the premise behind it is, I guess this guy has suffered from uh, chronic insomnia his entire life, and his way of coping oh, with it oh, yeah, okay. is that he this would just, you know, um, come up with bedtime stories for himself. Right. And so, and the guy is incredibly prolific. Like he literally puts out three hour and a half podcasts a week. So it's like a coping way for him to cope with the. And they're like an hour or an hour and twenty minutes long, and it's just total stream of consciousness. I'll check that out. That sounds really interesting. It's it's very obvious that he has 
uh, he has very little pre-planning. Like he just has this tangential thought process where he just talks yeah. to himself. Weird. <laughs> and it, like, it's interesting because I heard an interview with a guy on uh, Harmontown. He was on Harmontown. Yeah. And uh, he's like, you know, I try to keep it PC because, you know, I don't know who's listening to my podcast. It could be a, a grandmother who, you know, is, you know, just, you know, old people, they have a hard time sleeping and, you know, I, I, I don't want to use a lot of profanity and I don't want to get too weird. Yeah. And this is coming from a guy who's like doing series is like what happened in the story of Cinderella after Cinderella got married. And like, I've only, <laughs> and I'm sure it's completely clean. <laughs> oh, it's really weird. Like he's yeah. like talking about, uh, like the one that I tuned into, I haven't listened to very much of it at all. Like I catch the first five or 10 minutes as Bree's listening to it as she's going to bed. And yeah. then I fall asleep because he does have a certain, cadence and his the timbre of his voice is kind of yeah. mellow and has that NPR quality to it. <laughs> and uh he's like talking about uh the process of building a pyramid and like one of Cinderella's friends named Gonzalo is like <laughs> oh, <laughs> and like so he just, just whatever comes Yeah, out. and he do, he doesn't miss a beat. So I think there's very little editing. That's funny um, that um, because I was gonna say that um, I've I have edited out some of those little uh, one person moments because they just kind of they just become like the self referential kind of oh here so I'm just sitting here talking and I don't know what to say and you know uh, Mike's in the bathroom right now so I'm still waiting so I'll edit that kind of stuff out but it's funny because Jeff will do it and I I was tempted once to do um, where I was gonna. Um, introduce a little bit of a reverb and an echo on his voice because he'll tend to start doing it to the point where it sounds almost like a narration over a film about his life or something. <laughs> just like, I need that echoey effect. Like it's a, like it's him, like we're inside his head and we're hearing his, uh, his narration. Yeah. <laughs> I can't remember what the subject matter was, but I heard a portion of one of those podcasts where it was early on and Jeff asked a question about something. It might have been about a movie. It might have been something else. Mm -hmm. And then without it even missing a beat, he answers it. And it starts to sound like he's having a question and answer <laughs> with himself. And I'm like, oh, it's Q&A with Jeff Psyche. Yeah. <laughs> That's actually, I would, I would tune into that podcast. <laughs> so I, I don't know what you make of that, but um, I... It's not at all what I expected. It's not what I expected either. I don't. I. I'm actually not even sure. Like I'm not. I'm not getting the chocolate. What I'm, I'm getting, I'm getting is. Are, are you really? Yeah. I'm. I'm getting almost like a a vanilla bean like quality to it. Yeah. Okay. It says ale brewed with chocolate and vanilla. I'm. I think okay. catching the vanilla. It's weird. I'm getting the chocolate pretty strong. It doesn't look like the sort of beer that you would expect from a chocolate beer. Like yeah. it's. Totally like just piss yellow wussy beer, as Stone Brewery would call it, you know. The <laughs> but it's, hmm. Yeah. And the other thing about the two-person podcast, too, is similar to the bathroom breaks, is that um, this has actually rarely happened, although I'm always ready for it, which is like if we just suddenly come to a stop, because usually we have the three-person dynamic at least going on, where even if two of us are suddenly blank, Someone the other one something. gets up and and goes. So don't. It's like I always say that in advance. Like just 
I can edit that out. You know, uh-huh. it's not a big deal, but it's uh, it's happened a couple times. I think never happens with me and Jeff. It's happened a couple times with me and Mike, where we'll just suddenly start like wandering a bit. But I have a recollection of um, having that happen with um, me, Bree, and Jeff once. Yeah. I think it was a. It might have been a podcast that we recorded after we played D and D one time out at Jeff's, and I know Jeff had just been like, I, yeah. DMing nonstop, and he was a little bit burned out. Yeah, and that's what I, I think Bree was having a long day or something. Yeah, and I was tired and half drunk. I think <laughs> <laughs> I was a little leery of the after game podcast idea because I was. Yeah, I think I'm. I'm at least I am. I'm usually done talking, or I'm done interacting right. or thinking about stuff. It's like now I just want to veg out for a while. It's it's emotionally taxing, Jamie. Gaming yeah. with Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, especially when especially when he gets drunk and starts yelling at everybody. That's that that's where it gets. You know, I'm like, okay, I'm, I, I'm gonna I, be on my best behavior now. I, th- I think those are those are my favorite times. <laughs> those are those quality times that I will think back on as I'm sitting in my easy chair when yeah. I'm 80 years old, yeah. drunk off my ass, like thinking about my life. Yeah. Be like, oh man, that one time that Jeff just got really frustrated. Well, I guess it wasn't one time. One of the times that Jeff got really frustrated with everyone, and he's just like, yeah. "Okay, I'm going to beat you over the head with the plot because no one is getting it." <laughs> It's time to spoon feed you a story. <laughs> that's funny. I couldn't see. You know, that's the, I could. You know, I could see him like that at some point. Just like we're all crying, and he's down there going, "I bought you a bike. Stop <laughs> crying. I'm a good DM. <laughs> I gave you magical items. <laughs> you leveled up last session. I let you guys kill a dragon for God's sake. <laughs> you get off Facebook right now. What does your character do?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've not. You know what's funny is I don't think I've ever seen him angry. Does he ever get mad? I know um, I've seen him frustrated a couple times, mm-hmm. but not outrightly like. I've never seen him angry. Uh, Jeff Jeff gets frustrated, but he doesn't get hot angry yeah. that I've ever seen. He 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 gets cold and he purses his lips and he just shuts down and he's like, mm, yeah, okay. My patience is at an end, so if I don't have any nice nice to say, I'm not going to say anything at all. Yeah, and well, I can think of a few people in his life that is a, that are able to do that reliably. I cannot relate to that. <laughs> I I go the opposite direction. I'm just like all over the place. As soon as as soon as I hit my point, I'm just like blowing up left yeah. and right. But <laughs> I would like it if I just shut up and you know <laughs> shut down. That would be a much better way to live. I, I um, get. I guess I have a couple of different. Uh, speeds where my first is actually similar to Jeff. Yeah. Uh, but when, when I'm pushed beyond that point, when I'm like, okay, I'm just going to shut up and I'm going to disengage. If someone is like, Oh no, you don't get to escape from this. I'm mm-hmm. going to engage you. Then I get really hot. Oh yeah. And that's yeah. when I'm like, yeah. all right, I'm going to break dishes in the sink. I'm going to crash <laughs> around. I'm going to kick the cat. <laughs> I mean, not literally, but uh, I can think of, I, I, I'm embarrassed to say I have punched a hole in drywall before. I punched at a wall once. I did not put a hole in it, but I did fuck up my hand really <laughs> bad. My wrist, I ended up with like these, uh, I don't know this. Um, I had to go to the doctor and ask him about, it cause there's these bumps now here. Oh no. And I was like, what is that? What happened? And he goes, yeah. He goes, you hit something, didn't you? I was like, yeah. <laughs> and he goes, that happens. He goes, 
uh, you'll be glad to hear it's not serious. And it's something that will happen with age anyway. You just accelerated the process. <laughs> like, okay, good. And uh, he's like, no, you don't have to worry about it. But it was it really freaked me out because I got these like these bumps. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, yeah. Because usually lumps under the skin, not a good sign. <laughs> There's definitely a short list of diagnoses where it's not a big deal and you don't have to worry about it. Don't, don't go typing that one into WebMD. You don't want to know. <laughs> no. <laughs> Hard bumps under skin. Yeah. All right. So I'm going to try the intro. All right. Yeah. Here we go. Here's, here's my best Jeff impression. Coming to you from... Yeah, fucking it up already. <laughs> Here's my Jeff impression now. God damn it! Shut up, everybody! This is going to be good. 